Hello, and thank you for listening to Let the Right Films In, a podcast recorded live to tape from Salem, Massachusetts, every single week without fail, except for every podcast that isn't this one. I am your host, Tyler Hannon. With me today, tonight, in Salem, Massachusetts, is my co-host, Kayla Sainaj. Hi. And Kayla, we're going to do a quick recap of this little thing we call did called Weekend of the Witch at Salem Horror Fest. Yes. Um, also, a quick note, Lauren was here with us, but had to leave early because she had to go back to teaching school or something. So she is missed, but we'll carry on without her I guess, for this episode. I guess if the youth need education, then that's fair. Yes. Now we're going to do this thing where we don't cut out anything, or maybe most things. So, like, you're just going to get all the ums and the uhs and the, hold on, hold on, I'm looking up IMDb. Let's make sure to draw attention uh, to any uh, mistakes that we might make by talking uh, about them. Gary Busey, that's who it was. Right, Gary Busey. Anyway, so this episode is going to be short and sweet because we're just doing a little bit of a recap. And also, these are all movies that... We have mostly seen before and hopefully you have seen them before so let me just first say that like in general salem massachusetts is delightful the salem horror fest itself has been delightful um there was a bit of a snafu with the weekend passes but that's okay they were accommodating and even though they could find no record of us whatsoever, still let us into every single event that we went to. So I'm a little unsure about my existence, but I but the staff was super friendly and made me feel good about it. So <laughs> yeah, they were they were super nice, and it seemed like everybody was really excited to be here and working and whatever. So that was really nice. Um, I'm trying to think, let's see. So the first minute that we were in Salem, we uh, got brunch. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Um, I learned and I did get tattoos together, though. That was fun. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, the first movie that, well, the first, I, I guess it bears noting that the first night was really like a triple home run, basically, yeah. for us. The triple's worth it for the first night easily. Yes. So the first movie that was on the docket was Suspiria. The new one? No, unfortunately. Oh. I did tweet at them and say that nobody would mind if they pulled the old one and just played the new one. Somebody probably would have minded, but uh, they yeah. Didn't, they didn't listen to Kayla. Unfortunately. But oh, wow. um, seeing Suspiria on the big screen is my favorite way to watch it. Um, Time number two. Yes. Uh, we saw the touring 35 millimeter Italian print last year when it was in Ann Arbor. And this was the Synapse 4K restoration, which was super cool to see on the big screen. And boy, do those colors pop. Yeah, the colors are super just like, I mean, that's, you know, that's always been the thing about Suspiria, even in versions where it looked like it was filmed on a potato. Um, but yeah, it looked gorgeous. It sounded great. Like, that's actually my favorite part about watching Suspiria in theaters is that you're not bound by the law of apartment living where every time the music falls you have to dive for the remote to turn it down or no, like, you, you gotta like submit to that goblin's cacophony it really oh, yawn. pause please keeping it in <coughs> i mean there is a pause function um, but we're keeping it in everything's in everything tyler's wearing his uh blank check shirt so i think he's feeling the spirit of blank check a little bit keep it in double it but um anyway uh the music is like one of i think maybe 
maybe not underrated, but I think we talk a lot more about the visual aspects of it. And it's nice to be in a setting where like it can just be unabashedly loud, especially because I think it makes the movie scarier and more involving, even when there are shortcomings in the plot. Yeah, I think that's the thing that becomes clear every time we watch it, especially on the big screen, is like the stuff that makes it a classic is as good as ever. And the stuff that doesn't work about it continues to not work to the point where it's like it's not really present. Like, yeah, coherent story. Audience reactions to Suspiria in theaters continue to be strange. A lot of laughing in a lot of weird places. Again, I think that I just want to say definitively on the record that in the scene where the killer is using the switchblade to try and open the lock. It's not that he's bad at opening the door. I guess I shouldn't say he. I guess it's probably a she since it's a coven of witches. But they are um, fucking with her. (laughs) They're tormenting her. It's not that they can't get into the... I just... That's the second time we've seen it where people have been, like, nervous tick laughing and also a lot of, like, come on. I was going to say, it's not even, like, like, nervous tick laughing, I understand, especially with the absurdity of her stacking, like, bigger and bigger cases on top of each other. Mm -hmm. It's, like, people, like... It cuts to him, like... I did the same thing. It cuts to the killer uh, working with the, the door latch and people just laugh. There are a couple other moments, too. Like I don't know. There is some, like, comedy in there on an intentional and unintentional, mm-hmm. but just a I feel like it's the cynicism of the modern age, mate. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Kayla, this is a recap. I'm not ready for that. So, yeah. I mean, we've talked about Suspiria on the podcast before, so we won't go on too much. But I will say, once again, that it is gorgeous. I love that movie. Um I'm still very, very excited for the remake, and I think that it's going to be good, and hopefully that'll be a weird-ass double feature we can do next year. <laughs> can and will. Yes. Now, Kayla, we saw another movie five minutes after Suspiria. <laughs> yep, they very confusingly made us all leave the theater to get a head count and then let us go back in. So that it was, was fun. It, was, it turned out fine. It's yes. just not the way that I would have organized the event if I was in charge of it. Are you applying for a job right now, Kayla? Uh, I am very good at event planning, and I made basically a minute-by-minute itinerary for us this entire weekend. So if anybody from Salem Horror Fest would like help with event planning, uh, my email my email is... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but no, that trailer board was incredible. We followed it like... Almost to the T, we only missed a couple of things, and that was more for just, like, sanity and time's sake, so, yeah. yeah. My trailer board is great, so, again, that email, if you want to hire me, I would love to work for you. (laughs) Anyway, yes, uh, we did see another movie five minutes after that, and it's a movie that I think you and Sean did an episode on House of the Devil, right? We did a a House of the Devil Changeling double feature, both of which are so good. Very good, yes. I Uh, need to get that Changeling. I just did, like, the blank check thing where I introduced, like, where the movie kind of spoke before I introduced the movie. Because oh <laughs> Anyway, the second movie was uh, The House of the Devil, the only great Thai West movie, in my opinion. It's, yeah, it's very definitive. Yes. Um, this is a movie that I love. I'm actually really sad that I wasn't on that episode, because I love this movie. <laughs> um, but it is... Also, a blast in theaters. Um, I don't know. I'm blanking. Vamp. (laughs) (laughs) Or just also talk. Um, Yeah. yeah, House of the Devil is great. 
past like a friend of the podcast sean uh introduced me to the movie it's really freaking good uh, i keep returning to like the innkeepers especially among ty west follow-ups wanting it to be as good and none of them ever are uh something about uh how all the things that went to house of the devil uh kind of synergized into this really like gripping modern classic honestly and like jocelyn donahue is like incredible every time and i wish her like i wish she had better movies mm-hmm. uh, i've watched some of them <laughs> none of them are as good as this but greta gerwig has always been like this breath like this this jolt of energy that really helps the movie even before she was you know, Academy Award nominee Greta Gerwig. Academy Award nominee Greta Gerwig. Thank you. Full name. I'm sorry. Uh, I would really, really love to see them do like a buddy movie together. <laughs> like honestly, but um, yeah, this movie is fun. Isn't really the right word. It's like partly fun in the way that like becoming very anxious and then sad is fun. <laughs> That's a really better way to describe it. I don't know, um, it's really effective. Like you really enjoy uh, the character of Sam and Jocelyn Donahue, and that's part of why this one works really well. And maybe Tyler's other movies don't work as well. Just mm-hmm. how important that character is. Um, the I the, mm, the well, it's very much generally, like. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say it's very much like just the shots are beautiful. The music is great. Uh, the performances are really good. It combines that, like, I don't know, there's, like, a unique fear of being, a, like, home alone as a woman, I guess, like, in, especially in a strange house and in a situation where, like, you're pretty much there because you need to be and you don't have any other option but to be there. And that is something that we experience a lot, unfortunately, is, like, I don't know, we talked about this a little bit off mic, but, like, uh, how women are so often asked over and over again by, like, society and people or whatever to go against their gut instinct and tough out a situation that is not ideal. And um, this movie is just, I don't know, like, the... Capitalism is the real evil. Capitalism is the real evil. But this movie is just the the pinnacle of all of that fear and anxiety and whatnot. I'm not sure that Ty West was really trying to like make a statement about how women feel about things, but I guess he did an okay job accidentally. Um, As we'll get into another movie later in the podcast, sometimes you make an incredible, like sometimes the, a person you wouldn't expect makes a movie that is an incredible statement on uh, the experience of women in society. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I just, uh, the, the ending scenes of this movie are insane to watch on a big screen as well, just because uh, it, the, at spoilers, obviously, it's like a, it's an old movie. It's like almost 10 years old at this point, but, um, the ending scene where Sam wakes up, like, tied to the pentagram and the music is just blaring and they're cutting in and out of, like, her face and, like, the coven and all of this stuff, it's just this, it's one of my favorite like modern horror shots. And I remember the first time that I ever saw it, it literally like I jumped out of my skin basically. And it was nice to kind of have that moment recreated in theaters, especially since Lauren had never seen the movie before. And so sitting next to her during it, it was like, I don't know. It's a really fun movie. Looking in a past mirror. (laughs) (coughs) Sorry. I'm still recovering from a cold. I'm doing my best. (laughs) Trying to cough off mic as much as possible. <laughs> yeah. And, well, Kayla, 
to really cap off that uh, real triple header overnight. Uh, one of the big reasons we came here, uh, Faculty of Horror did a live episode right after that screening of House of the Devil. Yeah, and I don't want to like talk about it too much because yeah. they're gonna release it like in a week. But it was super fun and super funny. Um, it's super weird to see people who like you either see as still fo- like okay so. We see them as like still photos on Instagram or we hear their disembodied voices on a podcast. So it's really it's like strange to see that uh, like to, to see them like talking and I'm like, oh, yeah, those are their real voices that come out of their mouths and they move and do stuff. But which is a totally normal thing to say and not at all creepy. But um, unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to talk to them, which makes me so sad because I love them. And they're two of my favorite podcasters and like just like general like women who write and do movie stuff and horror stuff in particular. There's a reason they come up on the podcast all the time. We love them very much. And now we have reason to talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you specifically this this entire weekend is basically the appreciate faculty of horror vacation, so you know, it's good. But yeah, so look for that episode uh in their Pod, in your podcast feed. I was going to say their podcast feed. I remember that's not how podcasts work. Um, and You, you yes. might even hear uh, Ben, who is mere feet away from us, laughing on that episode. Yes. He has Although a very he, distinct laugh. So if you hear great. a super distinct laugh, right. it might be Ben. You can also see a corner of my head in the photo that they took from the stage. So I technically took a picture with them. <laughs> Even though I didn't get a chance to do that. Um, on the off chance that you guys listen to this, we love you and think that you're great and thanks so much. But yeah. So uh, moving <laughs> on into Saturday. Saturday. Um, so we kind of, I guess cherry picked is the best way to say it, which movies and like events that we wanted to go to just because there's a lot to do. And we also wanted to take in like the touristy sites and um eat food and Just spend rest. too much money on souvenirs. Rest our old and weary bones yeah. for a little bit, you know? This whole weekend has been a testament of how long I can stay up and how many, like, substance help I need to, to stay awake later than, like, 8 p.m. now. What kind of substances are talking Caffeine, about? Caffeine, obviously. Uh, but, yeah, so Saturday, Ooh, I have to... Caffeine. Have to pull up my notes. Oh, uh, Kayla, I took a little note right here. Saturday, uh, we the first thing we did is we went to a lecture by one uh, Alex West. It says here she's a podcaster. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Alex West did a uh, lecture called Lady Killers, Woman Who Killed in Film in the 1990s. Uh, obviously, probably stemmed a lot from her research for her book mm-hmm. uh, on... Um, the 1990s teen horror cycle. Thank you. But yeah, uh, I guess we won't reiterate. Like, we don't want to like just repeat what we've learned in the lecture. But um, it was. I will just say it was very fun. I think that she had a great like I, every presentation we saw, and we'll talk about each had a very like distinct and different style. And Alex's was like that perfect sweet spot of like pop lecturing, if that makes sense. Like it wasn't too. It wasn't like just like hey, we're having a conversation, and I'm going to tell you about this stuff. It was, and it wasn't strictly like academic in nature it was very much like i feel like anyone who popped into that that maybe wasn't expecting to would have felt like welcome and good it felt very similar to the structure of her book where she has like this uh like the like the longer overarching sections but then Mm -hmm. uh 
breaks the she breaks the different uh killers down into different categories mm-hmm. has a couple movies that are an example of each and then walks through each of the movies uh detailing how they are an example of that given category uh and i i i just really like the way that she both like writes her book and structured her lecture in that very digestible way yeah uh, that is like both very scholarly but also very accessible uh very like concise in a way Mm -hmm. Um, also she's really smart and i would pretty much love to listen to her talk about anything for an hour Mm -hmm. so yeah um excuse me (coughs) unfortunately i'm not sure if those were recorded or not voice is still going out <clears throat> so buy the book just to be safe yeah yeah uh i'm not sure how much of what was in the lecture will be covered in her book but uh if you want to get like a taste of alex writing about the 90s you have that option and yeah so that was really cool and i really enjoyed it uh from there we ended up going to see Death Becomes Her, which is a Robert Zemeckis film starring Meryl Streep, Goldie Hawn, and Bruce Willis, which I had never seen before. And I really liked it. It was really funny. It had, like, a lot of body horror for a Zemeckis film, I think. Um, It's very Uncanny Valley, or like, 90s CG body horror. They're doing their best, yeah. (laughs) But, like, um, I am not always a huge fan of Meryl Streep. I know that that's, like, sacrilege as a film person. But I think that she is at her best when she's being campy and fun. She's, like... Just over and over again throughout that movie. Just, like, the little movements she does, the looks she gives. Like, she's very, like, seems very, like, expressive in everything she does. She's, like, always moving, and it really works in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also... She's a star. Oh, I guess I should also say that Isabella Rossellini is in this movie and plays, like, an amazing hot vampire, which is... Or, well, witch, I guess. Mm. But, like vampiric in nature i guess i don't know um but uh that is super awesome and bruce willis is good very good in this yeah almost unrecognizable with some hair and some wrinkle makeup added (laughs) towards the end but um i i like bruce willis a lot and i'll watch not anything he's in obviously but that would be rough but there are a lot of things that he's done that i enjoy um he's one of my dad's favorite actors Mm. I think specifically because he's bald. And um, yeah, so it's just like, I don't know. It's like, it was a good, fun, like 90s romp of a movie that I think we all had a really good time with. And that's definitely another one where like, we're supposed to be rooting against the women, but like, and you don't, I'm kind of into it. Like, the the movie does, it's like, I don't. I don't know. You're not really rooting for anyone either, though. It's true, but like, like even Bruce Willis like is not exactly a hero. It's which is true. Good. Yeah. Well, there's just like a lot in there where where it's like I'm clearly supposed to be like, oh, look at this like awful vain woman. I'm like, no, like I get it. <laughs> like I don't know. Maybe I'm just like overly sympathetic to all movie characters. But yeah, mm-hmm. um, if you haven't seen that, it's on Stars through Amazon Prime. So if you want to get a free Stars trial to watch it, <laughs> or if you want to pay nine dollars, um. Stars actually has like a really good selection of horror movies and stuff right now. I don't know if that's specifically for Halloween or like an all the time thing, but I renewed my subscription so I could finish Outlander and then was pleasantly surprised that I was like well stocked for October by doing that. So yeah, that was an unpaid ad for Stars on Amazon Prime, I guess. (laughs) 
know. One of these days, we're going to get actual ads, and it's going to be amazing because I'm already very good at them. But yeah, um, we decided against catching the Witches of Eastwick just because we were really hungry. And that's like my one complaint with how the programming was scheduled is that everything was pretty much like back to back to back, which doesn't really leave time for you to like eat and stuff. So if you're taking comments, um, maybe just spread things out a little bit more. I might write that in like a formal comment box if there's like a survey or something, but on the off chance somebody listened to this. You know, Keela, why don't you just schedule it yourself then? Also got this. I'm just saying it would be better to have like ten, like at least like 10 minutes between things. I was setting you up to say like, I'd, I'd be really good at it. But. I would be really good at it, but I don't want to like disparage them or no, anything. No, no, like, I'm not they, they did a good job. Yeah. <laughs> I just would like time to move between events <laughs> or whatever. I don't We're know. We're trying to be t- trash tourists here too. Snacks. So, I know. would like snacks. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so, uh, moving into Sunday, you wrote down the title of this, so I'll let you go. So, we went to two lectures and a film on Sunday, which may or may not be the day of today. Uh, so, the first uh, lecture we saw was It Takes Many Forms, Horror as Resistance, uh, by, that was conducted by Jess Peacock, an author uh, of a book. I do not have the name pulled up right now, but also a rumor contributor. Yeah, we'll drop links in the show notes to like Alex, Andrea's, and Jess's work. Yes, most definitely. But yeah, uh, it was basically about. Uh... Oh, Kayla, you might. Yes, sorry, I got a notification on my phone. I'm being very professional by looking at my Venmo oh my during <laughs> podcasting. If you um, want to, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe throw a couple dollars our way. To um, there's a co- there is a Kofi link on my profile, and also you can PayPal me. Anyway, I'm just kidding. Um, I was gonna do a summary. And I'm like, Kayla will be better at this. <laughs> just kidding. Um, so uh, Jess's lecture was on horror as a form of. Um, well, okay, so I originally thought it was about political resistance, but it kind of turns out to be more about societal resistance and about how horror can be a good, I'm trying to think of the best way to say this, how it can be empowering for people who are othered by society, whether that means people of different races or sexualities or gender identities or whatever. And it was a really refreshing and invigorating lecture to listen to because I feel like especially as a woman who is like really into horror as a genre, um, you kind of get put in this like weird crosshairs like questioning all the time where people are like, okay, like you're a feminist, but how could you like horror movies also? And it's like because a lot of them are really good. (laughs) A lot of them lend to intelligent double readings. Um, A lot of them are straight up like subversive works in the way that like, in a way that either like makes me feel like I can deal with traumas that I live that I've lived through or that can help me. I don't know, like, spur me to action. And that was like, honestly, like the, the general premise of the lecture it was a defense of horror as like a valid genre and as a form of resistance and a motivating factor in many people's lives and it's one of those things where it's like um sometimes the world is bad and sometimes watching a movie where the world is bad but like a good guy can fix it (laughs) is really nice and sometimes like even like i don't know a lot of the movies of my favorite horror movies do have very bleak endings but i think that in kind of reveling in that escapist fear and anxiety it makes it easier to deal 
with like the actual world being a nightmare because like I don't I don't know if that makes sense, but um it is just I don't know, it was a good lecture. <laughs> I'm like kidding. I'm like the the train is going and it's like picking up too much steam. So I'm gonna <laughs> let you say what you liked about the lecture if you want. To. I mean you captured a lot of it there, uh both the how like the people that horror represents who are uh, the the people that horror helps who do not get to find that solace elsewhere and also how horror itself is can or can be a great genre for uh expression um dissection of of many kinds of people (laughs) um but uh i i like i always think of it as a way of i don't know it helps me process like maybe like to the extreme uh but it, it offers a lot of things if you only give it the chance and maybe like mm-hmm. dig into certain things. Uh, a lot of prejudices uh, towards horror and as a genre and towards people uh, in general. Yes, and again, yeah. and, and it plays into what we talk about a lot, where you can like things and still have a critical eye towards them. And I mean, like, so, not to say that there are no horror movies that have like upheld the patriarchy or capitalism or whatever you want to say, but um, or like have can have initial conservative readings, but maybe, like, if you reread them, that was, like, part of it, like, mm-hmm. with Halloween and some other slasher movies, how, like, they have this very surface conservative reading, but uh, there's also a deeper reading. That, mm-hmm. It's almost like if you want to just, like, watch them and think about them instead of just assuming they'll be trash because they're horror, then maybe you'll find something you like. I don't know. But, yeah, that was really cool. And um, another person that I would have liked to have thanked in person because, I don't know, I was, like, kind of emotional by the end of the lecture. I was like, I, I feel this in my heart. Like, I, I just want to tell all the people involved, uh, you're so good and smart. And good job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I crapped all of your Instagrams and liked them all. And just, it was good, yeah. So uh, <laughs> after that, we had some free time. And then the next event that we went to was Andrea's uh, lecture, which... Tyler has the name of because he wrote them all down like a good person. Notes. We're trying to go short here. So. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> Too late. Uh, it was uh, Abandon All Hope, Cinematic Depictions of Hell in Horror. Yes. And this was... Oh, uh, sorry. The one thing that I forgot to say about Jess's lecture was that it was the perfect, like, very academic lecture. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice to be, like, in that kind of setting and have that, like, tonality and language applied to horror. Mm-hmm. On the opposite of that, Andrea's was very much, like, conversational and – which is not a bad thing. Like, again, every presentation was, like, this conversational and fun and funny. She has a really great sense of humor in literally talking about hell, which is not something that a lot of people could pull off. Um, Involving going – like, spending the first whatever – percentage of it like first 20 percent of it or whatever going through like just the historic like the actual history real world history of hell and where we think it comes from and how it's evolved over time and then like how that's paralleled in movies and how our vision of hell there has evolved over time and how like um basically the, the the changing perception of hell as either a group suffering or an individual suffering and it was super cool, which is apparently what I'm just going to say about everything. Um, was it also delightful? Uh, it was delightful, which is not something you would probably normally say about an academic lecture about hell. So, um, yeah, I think that 
the way that she put it together and the way that she had kind of like her uh, her closing thesis was nice as well. It was a little bit bleak, but again, it's called abandon all hope, as she said. So um, basically, it wraps wraps down to like we can use cinematic depictions of hell to maybe process our own feelings about like what is happening in the world, uh, garbage politically wise and other stuff. So yeah, it was, it was good. It was really interesting. And from there we had to book it because across the street to the theater, we missed the first 10 minutes, but we did catch about 95% of, um, a film that I have a lot of very complicated feelings about, uh, Rosemary's baby. And this is something that, I don't know, we have a pretty, uh, we normally would not talk about a Polanski film on the podcast just because I think that even though it's a movie that I really like, that it's slightly irresponsible to try and like glorify it or, um, I don't know. It's one of those things that's difficult to talk about because it's such an interesting and great movie with such a complicated legacy because the director is a shitbag. <laughs> so, um, I'm trying to, I just lost my train of thought. No, it's, I mean, that's a major point of it. Like, even yeah. myself, like, I would only want to listen to the very smartest and most trusted people who may or may not be new to this podcast. Like the, fac- like, about- like the faculty of four who have done an episode, an entire full-length episode on this movie <laughs> dealing with these exact things. But um, the things that I will say about this, um, I think that the movie's quote, well, uh, wokeness is not the right term because um, understanding of the this trauma that women go through and like the abuse and gaslighting that women faced as wives and expecting mothers in the sixties is more due to the source material than to anything that Polanski did because he did not know that you could change things in adapting books to movies, which is fine because so um, the movie is basically a word, like a a scene for scene adaptation of the book. So if you are interested, but don't want to watch the movie because of Polanski or whatever, you can read the book. It's literally the, the same you'll just miss out on like some of some like interesting visuals and stuff like that but um the positives of this are that mia farrow is oh gives an amazing career defining obviously performance um we just basically have to go through this journey with her where like she knows that something is wrong pretty much the entire time and that people are lying to her and that her own husband is distant and weird to her and is more concerned with his own career and constantly gaslighting her in ways that are increasingly infuriating. And I don't know, on some some of the stuff, watching this stuff is like very upsetting for obvious reasons. Um, and just... I don't know, watching her be, like, in pain and knowing that, like, the pain is wrong and people just saying, like, oh, give it time, it'll go away, you just have to, like, get through these first couple of months is something that I relate to a lot with, like, recent health problems that I've had. So it's just, like, gets it made me, like, a little bit emotional to rewatch it, especially in a theater, like, full of people and, like, trying to contend with that legacy while also appreciating what is a legitimately good piece of art and a piece of film history. And all the things that the husband guy says are 
still things that are basically said word for word today and are just so terribly upsetting but Mm -hmm. familiar yes and so Mm. it's yeah one of those movies that it's unfortunate that something that i think would be such a great tool to i don't know understanding past problems and future problems is marred by it also being directed by a man who is a super bad person (laughs) so I guess if you know how to direct them, you know how to be one. <laughs> but yeah, um, so that is the that's all of the stuff that we were that we took in is like official Salem Horror Fest programming. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of souvenir shopping in and out of little witchy shops, and like there was an art festival going on as well. Ben bought this ridiculous but amazing like deer head antler skull herb thing that I think we're going to hang over our bed or something. It's some real Hannibal. I spent like $150 at like a white witch like healing space store that like had a very like minimalist aesthetic and lots of candles and household goods and stuff, which is just like very hashtag me like on brand. (laughs) bought a bunch of puzzle boxes for my siblings which is i can say because there's no way they will ever listen to this <laughs> tyler yeah, hates his siblings stuff. so much that he wants them to summon cenobites that's fucked up <laughs> they're just one of the things you can store stuff in. puzzle boxes <laughs> they're not like that kind uh-huh. of puzzle box that's what you think <laughs> it's, it's like a musical note and then Open it up. Mm-hmm. It's like, ooh, I can hide candy in there. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's, uh, we should do like, if we had more time, I was like, we could do an unboxing of everything we bought on the air, but I'm just kidding. We should not do that. <laughs> Maybe if we had all bought like one nice big thing, but I'm like, if I just buy a bunch of 10 to $20 things, it won't feel as bad. Oh, Tyler did buy me a tarot deck, which was super nice. And I'm really excited to get into that and learn and then also go to a cinematic hell someday. I'm just kidding. But yeah. <laughs> What circle was that? Um, I think that falls under witchcraft, which is four or five. I'm not sure. But yeah. um, Sure. I guess, so like I said, this is more of like a short recap episode, but we had a super great time. Um, I love this city. Like, I guess probably every tourist feels that way and like wants to stay here forever where like it's like Halloween all the time. (laughs) But um, I definitely bought a magnet and a keychain. Yeah. I think that there is a lot of interesting stuff happening here like as a community and um i hope that salem horror fest will continue to happen so that we can continue to come it's a really good excuse to come here in october and spend all of our money yep pretty much spend all of our money max out those credit cards (laughs) um i actually didn't do that so did not do that either um i think that that counts as a win way to go team yeah so do you have any like final thoughts or um no this was really fun i want to go to more uh horror film festivals in the future uh definitely like watch most of the movies we talk- like definitely like definitely make time for Suspiria <laughs> and House of the Devil. Uh, definitely uh, look into the work of the the people whose lectures we saw, uh, which is basically just like Faculty of Horror and Rue Morgue. Yeah, it's great. More of that. Let's <laughs> yeah, um, build a, f- a festival based on those, and we will pay you money. <laughs> we'll be there. Um, I think also there are some things. So we did not get to see the Witches of Eastwick or Haxon witchcraft through the ages. And tonight we missed St. Agatha to record this podcast and also go to sleep so we can drive home. So if you're interested in those, 
Uh, you can also, I don't know, I'm sure there are places where you can check those out or eventually check them out. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. We are super excited to have gotten to do this, and I hope that you enjoyed this like fun little recap. And use this as inspiration to give money to the things that you like. Yes. Whether they be a festival or a podcast or this people who host podcasts. podcasts. <laughs> um, yeah, so fun little, let's see, wrap-up notes. Um, I will be guesting on the Nerdcore podcast at the end of this month. Nerd. I'm not sure if, like, they have announced what the episode is going to be. Like, I know what it is, but I don't want to spoil it. So you'll just have to tune in at that time to oh, find man. out. Uh, that'll be really cool. I'm really excited. Um, and I... We'll probably be dumping a bunch of other horrors stuff in the next few weeks. Yes. We just don't... Haven't picked which one. I mean... Uh, we can't tell you at this time which ones we've definitely We've selected. done a really good, as we do every year, we've done a really good job of planning for October. Super good. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, um, to be fair, your trailer board was incredible. Yes. I did a really good job of planning for this trip. <laughs> I need to do a better job of planning for this podcast. But, yes. Um, oh, you can. F- be my job. I don't know. <laughs> it can be both of our job. Um, but, yeah. You can follow us on Twitter at LTRFIPod. Uh, give us a shout if you like. You can see some pics and some other stuff from this trip if you're interested in that. Um, you can follow me at Personal Maps and Tyler at Tyler Hannon. You can follow Lauren at Motel Siren. If you have something that you need to say to us that is longer than 280 characters, you can email us at ltrfipod at gmail.com and you can check out show notes and other things at ltrfi.com. And yeah, so I think that that's about it. We don't, I'm, I don't have any trivia or anything uh, really. So yeah, uh, on that note, it's closing time. One last call for alcohol. So finish your whiskey and beer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. Have a great night. (laughs) That's how we end podcasts now.